Hey everyone, welcome back to the Thoughts of Faith podcast. I am your host, Faith Ann, and this is my amazing friend, Sarah Teams. Her and I go back probably five, six years now, I guess six, right? And it's been so cool to get to be with her through college and now after college and continue our friendship. And I thought, what better person to talk about biblical friendship with than you? Because Sarah, you're just the best. And I'm so glad that um, I have you in my life. Just so grateful for you. So for those of you that don't know Sarah yet, would you just share Sarah a little bit about yourself and um, then kick us off with really what biblical friendship is, your thoughts on it, and more importantly, what scripture says about it. Absolutely. Um, First off, this has been such a cool adventure with you and where our friendship has gone, where it has started and where we are now. And just seeing God's grace through all of it has just been such a gift. Um, But as Faith said, my name is Sarah Teams. Um, it was previously Sarah Frazier, and I met my husband in college. Faith yes. was there for that. <laughs> yes. The ups and downs of that. Um, now I work at um, my family's um, Christian bookstore. It used to be my great-grandfather's, and so that's really special. Um, and then my husband and I um, work in a, a screen printing and embroidery shop. Um, we're actually moving into a new space this week, so it's really exciting. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Um, when you first asked me, Faith, about uh, talking about the topic of biblical friendship, I was like, this could go in so many different directions. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to sum it up was going to be fun. Yeah. Um, but some points that were just on my heart were um, friends are a gift from the Lord. Um, I think sometimes we can forget that we take that for granted, but um, our friends, especially our Christian friends are such a gift. Friendships help us to grow and they strengthen us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's painful, but that's also a gift. Uh, Friendships are an opportunity to serve. And I believe a biblical friendship is uh, constantly looking how, looking at how we can, um, serve each other and not just focused on what we can get out of the friendship. I think sometimes mm-hmm. we get really lost in feeling like we're not getting everything out of it that we should, or we're pouring so much into the friendship and we don't feel like we're getting anything in return. And I think that if we all were focused on how we could serve each other, we wouldn't have that problem. Um, but... Totally. Yeah. Those are such good points. And I, I love how you're bringing such that like truthful perspective because I wish I would have heard that uh in high school especially whenever I looked around and I was like how come I don't have any friends it was because I wasn't being a good friend right and whenever we're inward focused and we're not focused on serving other people um it can be lonely it can be very isolating because you know I sure don't want to um, be around a friend that's not interested in serving as well. You know, I, I want to be around someone that's selfless, that's giving, right. That's caring. That's asking me about how I'm doing, how, um, what's going on in my life, you know, just like doing life together. 
right? And not being all self-consumed. And so if we then think about being that person ourselves, thinking about, okay, that's like the type of friend we want to have, right? Thinking about, you know, hard times in your life, Sarah, challenges that you've gone through. What has biblical friendships done for you in those seasons and how have you been able to pour into other people who have been, who've gone through difficult seasons as well? That's such a great question. I would love to share this verse. It comes from first Peter four, eight through 10. Um, It says above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. That's a tough one. Yeah. Get lost in grumbling sometimes. It says Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And I share that because um, you've walked through some really hard seasons with me. And so I saw the Lord work through you and you use your gifts to be a blessing to me and to pour into me mm-hmm. and serve me when really I didn't have a whole lot to pour into the friendship at the time. Like you had so many opportunities to just be like, Sarah, this is too much for me. <laughs> I'll come back another time. Oh. But you stuck by and you were so encouraging and you were able to talk with me through it, listen to me. And you were so gifted in serving people in that way. And so that was such an impact on me. And now I try to be that for other people in in different capacities and that gift of just presence and Mm. patience and grace is such a huge impact on anyone that's going through a hard time. Sometimes you don't even have to say anything at all, right? It's just being there, serving them with listening, giving them encouragement around it. And we're not going to be able to pour out every single season of our life too. Mm -hmm. There's going to be waves of it um, and knowing our capacity and still um, serving when we can, you know, asking friends how we can, how they're doing, even when our tank is running low. Um, It's always having that servant mindset and also, knowing sometimes you might need to spend more time with God um, mm-hmm. and lessen friendships until, you know, you're picked back up. But a proverb 17, 17 says a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. So whenever we're loving each other and we're loving each other well, whenever adversity strikes, I think it's also um, in Ecclesiastes, it says, Ecclesiastes 4.10, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, these verses are talking about adversity and when trouble comes, we're able to pick each other up. Absolutely. Um, That's what a biblical friendship does is we're able to aid one another, carry each other's burdens. There's Mm -hmm. tons of one another verses in the Bible, you know, love one another as, you know, there's just so many that if we look to those in scripture, we can kind of get a blueprint of Mm -hmm. how to be a God honoring friend. And I'd love to hear more of your thoughts on, um, when has been like a time in your life that 
a friend has like maybe it was before college like let's just go pre-college that showed you how to be a good friend or really stood out to you I guess and modeled to you of what a friend looked like essentially before you knew how to be a good friend absolutely uh this may sound silly but um so I have an aunt her name's Susanna we are five years apart. She's my mom's youngest sister. They're 21 years apart. So wow. I grew up closer with Susanna than my mom did with Susanna. So it, that was a really special and is a really special um, experience. She was my maid of honor in my wedding. Um, but she was that friend to me. I really looked up to her and learned so much from her. And she was that friend to me really when I didn't know how to be one yet. And she just showed me what it was like to meet someone where they were at. And for me, at a really young age, it was she was years beyond the stage I was in, but she'd still play with the same things I wanted to play with, talk about the things I wanted to talk about. And she taught me how to do that for other people. And so in a sense, um, it gave me a heart to look out for the underdog because I've been I've been there before. And. I've also been the one to make somebody else feel like the underdog. And so I um, have experienced both sides of that. And the Lord has been so gracious to teach me lessons <laughs> through all of those seasons and reminding me that I am called to pour out love and grace and truth and light into other people's lives, whether it's accepted or not, but surround it in grace and love. And so um, there's a verse that I was going to share. It's Proverbs 17, 9. It says, whoever conceals an offense promotes love, but whoever gossips about it separates friends. Mm. I, I bring this up because I think friendships are tested the most when we hurt one another, which we're guaranteed to do that because we're sinful human beings. We are not perfect. We're going to fail each other at some point in time. And so I think the test of a true friend is someone who will be willing to not take the situation and go tell everyone around them about it to get other people on their side, but to conceal it and work it out with that person one-on-one, -on -one, have communication with that person. And that action alone, it improves trust, it grows love, it shines light and truth and it could just about guarantee that that friendship is going to blossom and grow stronger unless the other person uh, receiving that um, does not accept it. But usually when someone hurts the other person and they receive forgiveness in return, that that's a whole burden lifted. And I think some even believers I've been there. Um, I have hurt friends by not going to them and talking to them and, I go to somebody else that had nothing to do with the situation and that that hurts a trust that usually it can't get rebuilt. It's broken at that point. And so um, I think that's one of the biggest and hardest lessons I've had to learn uh, and still learning, um, but how to be a biblical and godly friend to other people to just fight for that relationship and not always try to win a war or be right, but just to care about the other person and see them in the way the Lord calls me to see them. If that makes sense. That is 
Beautifully said. That is so beautifully said. We're on the same team, right? Fighting against the problem, not against each other. So we can just like a marriage almost, you know, because like all relationships are the same to a certain extent, you know, Uh, friendships can mimic what a marriage uh, fighting battles looks like, right? If friends are on the same team and there is, you know, an issue over here, it boils down to sin at the end of the day, right? And pride coming in the way. And so humbling ourselves, forgiving one another as we have been forgiven. I think forgiveness comes into play a lot with what you're saying. Um, showing compassion, understanding, and grace. Ooh, those are hard to do, but if we can do it, I think that um, our friendships will be bountiful. I think that much fruit will be bared from them. Um, and they'll just honor God all the more. What I've been considering is that if our relationship with God isn't rock solid, then our friendships won't be. Yes. If, if we can understand that our relationship with God is the starting point and the end point and that we have to work on coming to him every day and just being with him in order for it to trickle onto our other relationships and friendships and for those to be fruitful as well. I think we would take our relationship with the Lord a little bit more seriously and consider and I really need to like just soak in you, Jesus. And that way I can bear other people's burdens. I can lift them up to you, you know, whenever they share them that I would overflow with love because I've spent time with you. I've been in your presence. I can show patience and kindness that I otherwise wouldn't have. So yeah, I think your relationship really your relationship with God reflects your earthly relationships, how they're gonna go. Absolutely. I think the way we respond to situations and friendships exposes how our relationship is with the Lord. Yeah. And um I think it I think our pride uh, gets in the way more than anything. I think sometimes we can get lost in, well, I would never do that to somebody. Like I, I didn't deserve being treated that way. And then when I think, even when you read scripture, when you're reading scripture to see who God is, to read about his attributes, the more we realize that we are a sinner, the more we realize that we are not as put together as we think we are. And so it takes um, the Lord giving us strength and asking him to help us humble ourselves and check our hearts, check our motives, but also just to be reminded that when we are hurt, we also hurt others. And so yeah. we yeah. are never innocent of that. And it takes the work of the Lord in us to help us to grow closer to him and by his grace, hurt others less and less <laughs> and right. get outpour of his love and his mercy. And I think we can be so quick to expect mercy and grace from others, but we are not very quick to give it in return. Um, That's, I think that's a really big challenge for me and any believer, 
but I definitely have seen areas in my life where I have so much growing to do in in that way. And it's just been my, my prayer, Lord, search my heart, give me conviction where I need to be humbled, give me grace and give me mercy and help me to extend that to other people in the way that I would hope to receive it in mm-hmm. return. And the thing is, and this is the hardest part, I think, is that we're called to do that for other people, regardless of whether we get it in return or not. And so, so, yes. And then we have to, we have to maintain a posture of um, grace and strength in the Lord to not lash out at other people when we don't give it in return and just like, Lord, the situation is yours and I trust you. Give me strength. Help me to be your light in this situation. And that, the desire to even pray that can be really difficult when we're in the middle of such a situation as that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so um, countercultural, right? Like the world says to treat someone um, as you've been treated, but actually scripture says the opposite, right? It says that to turn the other cheek, to forgive 70 times 70. It's just like, you know, wow, look at how God like calls us to be set apart and to not look like the world and how uh, the tension between us being in the world, but called to be not of the world has on our, our soul and the way that we act and behave. We really have to be planted in the spirit in order to stay on the narrow path and not go down the wide path of destruction, which would be to, you know, hold unforgiveness against someone or to treat someone um, how they treat us. But we're going to go down the narrow path. Like that's the encouragement, right? Is to be a biblical friend, um, share the love of Christ to everyone, no matter how they treat you. And to honor, not just that person, but to honor God first and foremost. Um, go and ahead. I think we can sometimes blur those lines of what you were just saying in a, a second ago about we're to be in the world, but not of it. We're to be on that narrow path. And I think I heard a quote the other day. It was actually part of uh, a song and it said, I pick the um, narrow path that's widest. And I had to read that again. And I was like, what is that supposed to mean? And she was talking about being a hypocrite. She's like, here I am proclaiming Christ and that he lives in me. And I'm a believer. I'm on the narrow path. But am I really? I'm trying to tiptoe on that on that line. And it's I'm on the narrow path, but I'm on like the wider section of the narrow path. <laughs> and oh. even though it contradicts itself a little bit. But I see the point. And I think sometimes we try to justify handling situations in a negative way in a sinful way because of our feelings and that just goes back to we're called not to rely on our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge him and he will direct our paths and living out that verse is totally by the strength of the lord but we have to be seeking that Amen. Amen. That was so good. Oh, do you have any other thoughts on biblical friendship as we wrap up here, Sarah, that you want to include or just like a final call to action or encouragement to the people listening? 
to this podcast? Absolutely. I think first off, our prayer should be um, as, I mean, this is my prayer and I hope that anyone listening would um, think about this seriously. I think we get caught up in looking for the next friend. We feel lonely and we're more focused on trying to find that perfect friend rather than focusing on how we can be the godly mm-hmm. friend. And I'm so thankful that I was given such wisdom. <laughs> well, wisdom was shared with me. I was not wise at this time at all. Uh, but I was told, Sarah, when you're lonely and you feel like you don't have anyone, learn how you can be the light in someone else's life. Yeah. And I was challenged to spend time in the word as much as I could and just to read it and study it. And um, thankfully, the Lord used that to really convict me in areas where I was really selfish and looking for what I could get out of a friend rather than what I could gift to a friend. And so my challenge to anyone listening would just at, would be to pray and ask the Lord, search my heart and to give me the desire to love your word more, help me to grow closer to you and be that light for those around me and give me an opportunity, opportunity to serve and advance your kingdom. That mm. would be my challenge. Amazing. Amazing. And if anyone wants to keep up with you, Sarah, follow you, see your post, where can, what's your Instagram handle? I'll link it in the show notes so that if anyone wants to reach out to you or follow your journey, they can. Absolutely. I actually have a Bible journaling page on Instagram and my um, username is Sarah Liz Teams. And that was the place you could find me. (laughs) that down below y'all seriously go follow her because she is amazing and posts the best things that are all rooted in scripture that's why i say that they're the best because she just keeps on encouraging and using instagram um for his glory so thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast on biblical friendship and we will see you on the next episode. Don't forget to subscribe. I almost forgot that. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you can see whenever new episodes are released. And you can find me on Instagram at Faith and Coaching. See you next time. Bye.